I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Is that your new song? Yeah. Are you recording? Yes, I am oh. recording. <laughs> I thought you were just testing. We are back. This is At Home Podcast with Linda and Drew Scott, and Linda has a new song. I'm back, I'm back. It's called I'm Back. It's the shortest song in history, <laughs> but I do like it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. This is three episodes in I the can. We're recording. We're always recording. I record everything. Even when you're in the shower singing, I record that. Does that make me creepy? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's my best work. So this is a big week coming up for my clan. The Your Scott clan. clan. The fan clan. Ah, the Scott clan. The That's, Scott fan clan. Why is it my Scottish accent gets worse every single time I do it? It's because you're on me. Is that, that's like that was, no. No, shoot. Neither of ours are good. But this is uh, Robbie Burns Week. It's Robert Burns. He's a famous Scottish poet. Rabbi. January 25th. Yeah, he goes by Rabbi, Rabbi Burns. Why Rabbi? Is that just the, like, the accent? It's, it's kind of like why, why Richard is Dick. I have no idea. Well, it's no, that's short a completely separate conversation, which I still don't get. I don't get it either. But uh, it, th- this is where, if you guys have ever heard of Haggis, Rabbi Burns Day is the day that you sit down, you give the ode to the haggis, and that's something my dad does every year. So we all wear our kilts, we dress up, and we eat haggis. It's almost like we would find in a hot dog, but uh, traditionally it was wrapped in a sheep's stomach, which is really, really gross, but that was like hundreds of years ago. Now it was like a synthetic, but instead of all that, now it comes now in a can. Now we have vegetarian haggis yes. in a can. And it's so delicious. You know what, we need to find a, a recipe of haggis. Vegetarian haggis outside of a can, like fresh. I would like to find this. My older brother, JD, hates haggis, but he does like the vegetarian. Yeah, I love it. So anyway, this is our, our weird Scottish thing that we do once a year and our whole family get weird. together it's for It's so it. fun. Although I'm going to be writing, handwriting the menus. I'm going to practice my calligraphy skills. That's cool. On the menus, I have to do... Tw- what, 10 of them? Yeah, so if you do those, mom does the cooking, uh, Jonathan and I will practice our bagpiping, and then we're good. And then JD's going to sing a song? I think JD's just going to eat. We, uh, we have had three episodes live, and this is our fourth episode. What I really love is the growing process here for Linda and me. We really were excited about bringing this podcast to you guys. And a big part of us growing with this podcast is feedback from you. Mm-hmm. I stopped growing in grade 7. Right, we want, this, <laughs> we want this podcast to grow past five foot one. She says five one, but I don't think it's true. When I'm on my tippy toes. No, we want, we want this podcast to be really tall, like Andre the Giant tall. Like Winston Duke tall. Yes, yeah. Winston Duke. He is our guest this week on the podcast, but he not many people make me feel short. So your feedback is very important for us. Um, you can hit us up at feedback at athomepodcast.net or on Instagram at at home, and who would we like to feature? Whose question would we like to feature? We want to give a shout out to Betty Burks. You should add that to your song from the beginning. Like, I'm back, Betty Burks. Ooh. I'm back, Betty Burke is back with feedback. Huh? See what I did there? I like oh. it. I'm feedback. Betty says she's been enjoying our podcast and thanks for making it super easy to access. And Drew, I like how you talk about your life at various ages and stages. Various ages and stages. Uh. (laughs) Linda, I would like to hear more about your life and hear you ask more questions of your guests on the podcast. I know you're probably a private person or maybe you think that what you add isn't important, but I'm curious to hear more and whatever you want to share. What shaped you into the person you are now? 
Mm-mm-mm. You have a beautiful spirit and energy. It feels really weird reading that because yes. I suck at well, taking compliments. This is the thing, Betty. Yes, Linda sucks at taking compliments. So, but thank you, Linda. That's really you're sweet. beautiful. Thank you. I'm just say that. <laughs> but uh, this is the thing, Betty. You see, Linda doesn't like to share her stories. I have to. It's like pulling teeth to try and get something out of her. Linda prefers to hear everybody else's stories. That's right. It's not that I don't like to share my stories. I just want to hear other people's stories. So um, this is what we're going to do. Before we move on, Linda, you have to tell a story, something that not even I know. It could be from your childhood. It can be from whenever. But what's something you can share with Betty and the rest of the world? Oh, gosh. We're never going to start this podcast because when people even ask me, how was your weekend? I don't remember. And I say, Three, it was great. Three, two, one. Um, okay, I don't remember if this was me or my sister April, but... It was you. <laughs> I don't know why it always goes to poop. What? <laughs> we always talk about poop. Maybe I don't know this one. Oh, gosh, what happened? Okay, so, again, I don't remember if it was me or if it was her, because my memories are all warped. But I was standing at the sink washing dishes. Okay, now maybe it's her, because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I just, text, I just texted April and she says it's you. Uh, no, now I don't know if I can tell it. Tell us. Okay, okay, fine. It was me. I was standing at the sink washing dishes and then she comes up behind me and she looks, and I'm wearing house slippers, and she comes up behind me and asks, like, what's on the back of your slippers? Ew, you pooped on your own slippers? Wait. And it was a, like a tiny turd. You had, you turded on your own slipper? I guess so. But that's weird. How would that happen? I like maybe how, we made it up. I like how you pass that off. Like, oh, maybe it's my sister, not me. It's no, so I you. No, I don't remember. So you. Okay, you guys, you and Jonathan have memories that you don't even know who they belong to. That's true. Right? I'm just trying to make you embarrassed. Uh, I'm already And by the way, just, you know, for that story with the poop, that was actually last year. That wasn't uh, <laughs> when she was a child. Oh, and one other thing, speaking of fashion, slippers, and whatever else, um, I'm noticing you're wearing my sweater. Yeah, it's my sweater now. So you guys realize, Linda, every day, wears something of mine. She's always stealing my clothes. Because I never know what to wear, and I like wearing big, comfy clothes. I will admit, my clothes look better on you than me. Yeah, I agree. Do you purposely shrink my stuff? I do not shrink your stuff. You just don't realize how small they are until I wear it. Are you trying to say that I wear five Tight foot shirts. lady size? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm, I wear no, shirts I'm your size? No, I'm just saying you wear nice fitted shirts. I will admit though, Linda loves men's fashion and so she makes me look great. She doesn't like shopping for her own stuff. She'll shop for my clothes. I hate shopping for myself. Between me and Charlotte, you have it covered. You don't even have to think about what to wear. Charlotte is our wardrobe stylist and she, she also makes me look great whenever we have an event or we're filming. But um, yeah, so th this is a good thing. So I will lend you some of these outfits if you continue to, to bring me cool things. And shoes, actually the favorite thing of mine the favorite clothing article that you gave me was those old Air Jordans, the white mm -hmm. ones. And then you actually hand stenciled onto them. The... Uh, it was not a stencil. It was freehand. Oh, you freehand. And it took me hours to freehand two quotes on the side, in like the swoosh sign. Linda didn't just kind of do something generic. It was very creative. I'm going to post on social media what this looks like so you guys see. But 
Those are 100% my favorite pair of shoes, but I will never wear them because I don't want to ruin them. You've worn them once, but you were like tiptoeing around. Well, I know. You said, no, just wear them. They're meant to be worn, yeah, but I didn't want... Yeah, they're meant to be worn. Actually, I mean, I, I love shoes, especially those ones that you got me, but Winston Duke is quite the shoe connoisseur. He has a healthy obsession, as he calls it, with sneakers. I saw a video of him and Lupita sneaker shopping on Complex, where they literally just go into the store and sneaker shop. It was so cool. I, I bet you would love that. I didn't realize before talking with Winston that they actually went to acting school together, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. That's so they've so known cool. each other a long time. It's so cool that they're buddies and they get to work together. That is my ultimate goal, just to work with all my friends. But do you want to do something that's like scary like us? Yes. You could not do a film that's scary. You would be, you would be playing a character that's scary and just scare yourself every time you say something. Actually, that, that's true. What, um, I remember reading about Exorcist and how a lot of the cast members were haunted. I think I'm. Oh yeah, that, after. But, but cursed or something. I feel something like I would creepy. totally be cursed. Well, these guys are really good together. I love seeing them uh, act together. Also, Black Panther, which was an amazing film. I tried to dig in and get some of the dirt, like the the secrets of Black Panther, but Winston would not crack. Oh no. No, he's he's like a vault. <laughs> of secrets. Really exciting though, his first feature that he's produced, mm -hmm. that's going to be uh, premiering, world premiere at Sundance, Sundance which is pretty Nine amazing. Days. Nine Days. So everybody check out Nine Days. Really excited about this film and uh, obviously starring Winston and he produced. We absolutely love chatting with Winston and his mom Cora came to visit as well. That's right. You sounded very Canadian there. Mum instead mom. of mom. Mom. But she's amazing. There's so much fun energy. It's like hanging out with our families. You know that when you get together, there are, there's lots of laughter, lots of fun, and lots of dancing. This is a family that knows how to <laughs> dance. So why don't we jump in and chat with Winston Duke. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows Reflecting like a rainbow That's where we belong Yeah, it feels like home They know, they just don't tell anyone anything. So it's, I, w I could talk about how secretive they are. You have to sign off your scripts. So yeah. they deliver the scripts. Every script is delivered to you in hand. Yeah. Nothing is emailed. And then you have to sign off that you got it. And then when you're finished reading, they come back, and they pick up your script, and they shred it. 
It's so funny. I'm wow. like, you have to sign, and any kind of additional pages that they write, like they'll always they update the scripts. So they do they have to come to you, pick up the old pages. You have to sign that you gave the old pages back. Wow. And then they destroy. It's so funny because if someone really wanted to share the scripts, just take photos of it or do a photocopy. You can, have. but everything's watermarked with your yeah. name. But also, Everywhere. like when yeah. you're studying the script, what do you mean when you're done with it? Because I mean, I, I write I, all over my script. Right. Um, I make additional notes. Like I carry a notebook and I write, make additional yeah. notes and put all my stuff. I copy them because I I have to have something in my hand. Yeah. That's how I work. I I need to write on my script and draw on it. Yeah, spill but, on it. But you then know. you said they spit take it, it back. Yeah, spit on it. <laughs> but you said they- <laughs> Listen, Linda, this is an actor thing. You don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't, lick, I lick I my script. I lay with my script at night and cuddle it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, I'm a big spoon with my because script. Scratch and yeah. But that's what I'm trying to understand. Like you said, they take the script mm-hmm. back and they shred it. But like, if that was like my diary of like my work, to have someone take it away, that's like my security blanket. Yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't allow you to have that kind of process, not really. That's interesting. Yeah. I can't imagine that being then, taken away. Oh, you you like yeah. all that and shred <laughs> taken yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. But that's why I mean, I adjust. One of the the uh things you learn in in grad school. I went to grad school. I got an MFA and one of the things that they'd always say, she was the head of the directing department. Mm-hmm. And she would always say, champions adjust, you know? And mm. I've taken that into my professional life. So anything that's thrown at me, I'm like, you know what? Champions adjust. What do I do? Yeah. I know it was probably manipulative at the time because they were like, you know, it's school and academia, and they're just like, sometimes they don't know what the hell they're doing. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. champions what, adjust. What sounds yeah, really epic? This sounds right? good. Epic yeah. thing to say, and it means, yeah. Really, yeah. But no, that's good. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think the way that, that we evolve as humans is that yeah. we're given some sort of a challenge like that that might just be thrown out there that people don't think, you know, you'll do anything with it, and you end up adjusting and you end up becoming who you are. You overcome, you triumph, you know, and and it kind of relates to almost every aspect of my life I take that into. Champions adjust. Were you like that growing up as well? I think I never articulated it, because while you're going through things, you don't articulate it. You just Mm -hmm. do it. I did not ever think of myself or have time, because, you know, like, you're trying to do school, your mom's working, you guys are immigrants, you're just like learning all these new things about a country, all these new rules, all the, the laws, the, you know, how to financially make it in a new space, taxes, this, that, the other. You're not thinking that you're adjusting, but you are. Yeah. You know, um, I came here when I was about nine years old. And you know we, my mother, who's here with me today, and and we love hey, her. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> hey mom. And your mom's a twin. So, oh yeah. So we know she's awesome. Yeah. And the younger twin. Yes. yes. And yes. you come from, and so your mom had. There were twelve siblings in total. I mean, I know you have a sister, yes. just the two of you, but your mom's um, generation. There were twelve of them. So your family back in Trinidad. I mean, those must be some epic get-togethers when when you get together with family. Of course, of course, it's it's going home doesn't become a vacation. It's just it's really going home, and it's the entire island because everyone's your cousin too. <laughs> you know, everyone is my cousin. We go through. My mom is like, we call her the mayor of Tobago because she like drives around and she like stick her head out. 
and <laughs> the queen wave. It's uh, really, it's yeah. actually quite funny. We'll be driving through a neighborhood and someone's like, is that Cora in there, Cora? And just, <laughs> so it's very like, and it's that kind of ethnic, very loud, demonstrative culture where people just scream at you and that's, that's love. It's yeah. Love. Hey, you know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> around, okay. around the house, that's also how we communicate. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll be upstairs and she'll be like, hey, are you hungry? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm hungry. Yeah. What you got? You know? <laughs> uh, and I've had friends come over and be like, you guys just like scream all over the house. I'm like, it's effective. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm i a loud talker, and so maybe I have a little Trinidad in me, and I didn't you know ca- it. You probably do. You Linda, probably do. Linda says to me, why are you yelling at me? I'm not. I'm, I'm, not. I'm just talking. I'm projecting. Yeah. This is how, this is what I do. That's oh. the actor. That's the, the actor. Yes. Can't, uh-huh. It doesn't leave. It doesn't I have lots leave. to learn, because I'm like a mouse. Were you the more exploded one, in, in, well, you and your brother? Jonathan and I kind of fed each other. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I'm a little more, because I, I also, studying acting and everything, I think I learned to project yeah. a little bit more, yeah. but it's like we would literally be, in the library and everyone's sort of whisper talking like this and then I would go to whisper and I'd be like hey can you pass me that book and uh, no I was always getting in trouble yeah. yeah I don't have a modulator well we know you probably didn't cheat on any tests how old how far apart are you and your sister eight, eight years, years. Yeah. she's older yeah okay. were you guys close or was she always we're like very close we're a very tight-knit family but that, that's just that was like having another parent yeah yeah she she didn't even play video games with me it was like <laughs> She'd like, buy me video games and then yeah. be like, are you happy? Now do your Aww. work. You know, that kind of thing. She was always very, very busy. She's a, she's a doctor and she was always like head of her class and, you know, doing all that stuff. So I learned, other than my mom, I learned a lot of my, my work ethic and all that from my sister. Good example yeah, from her. Yeah, yeah. Our older brother is, JD, is he's two years older. So when we were in our elementary years, we didn't hang out with him at all. We were the mm. annoying little brothers. And then moving mm. into high school, we were still annoying little brothers. And then... You, you're still annoying I'm, little I'm brothers. I'm still, now I'm 41, <laughs> I'm still the annoying little brother. Yeah. But no, I think when we were about grade 10, John and I started to mature a little bit. So we, uh, we were less annoying. We started to hang out in the same groups. But actually, that's another thing we do. So uh, as twins, I, Jonathan was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Jonathan was the kind of guy that he had to touch everything when, when we were younger. Like, like if you saw a clock, he would have to touch it and take it apart because he was very inquisitive. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. he would never put things back together. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember he did that with my dad's lawnmower. He did it with a <laughs> clock. He did it, I think, with one of my, dad, my dad's guitar or something like that. He took the strings off. And he was always, so I would go and I would pretend to be him. Like I would wear his clothes. My parents always dressed him in blue and I was always dressed in every other color. So if I wanted to go and cause trouble, yeah. I would dress up in blue. Yeah. I would go do something that would get him in trouble. And then change. And then my parents, yeah. Then my parents would focus on him, give him a hard time, and then I could get away with something else. So That's now so. you, how tall are you? Six five. Six five. Mm. And yeah, Linda, yeah, 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 Linda, I think is four I five. Noticed, I noticed. <laughs> um, now, did you play sports growing up? Um, everything else but tall things. So I, I played soccer, I played football, I wrestled, um, I ran track and field. What was your event? Um, I did big man things, shot put, nice things like that. Throwing things, I threw heavy things. So you did not do high jump, okay? No, no. But I did like as a kid. I I, well, I was very lean and fast as a kid. And then when I came to the U.S., 
the diet changed, <laughs> and I gained, I don't know, you know, in high school you call it, the, the, in college you call it the freshman 15. 30, 50. Huh? Or depending yeah. on what. <laughs> 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 Linda brought her freshman 50. <laughs> no, I said 15. Uh, freshman yeah. 50, I was like freshman 30. Yeah. I don't know, but. It doesn't know. rhyme, but I like yeah, that, Linda. Yeah. Um, but when I first came to the States, I got really big. It was, it was um, well, first it was I couldn't stomach any of the food. Oh, so wow. I was in the hospital all the time. I oh. couldn't, yeah. Huh. I was always in the hospital. And what was it? The food? We never so, found out. Oh. They did a lot of tests. We never found out. And then one day it stopped. And Wait, this was when you weight. were in college? When I, for, no, when I first, first came to this okay. country, like oh. nine years old. Yeah. So I was always in the hospital. Then after that, I just got, I just went crazy. And when I got to high school... I started playing all these sports. So a bunch of sports in the Caribbean, more like the uh, British colonial sports, like soccer, cricket, all mm-hmm. that stuff I was playing. Um, and then coming here, when I got to high school, I played sports. So football, yeah. wrestling. But, I mean, you said no, no tall man sports. So I'm assuming you mean I like, didn't play like basketball. basketball. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. I was a basketball guy. Oh, yeah? yeah? Through and through, that was my sport. I wanted to be in the NBA, and I loved it. But, um, but you know, football, soccer, um, and track, it's still great. For most, um, there are positions where it's optimal to be tall. I was actually told when I was in grade, would have been grade four, I was playing soccer, and there's a, like a substitute teacher somebody was with us. Um, we were playing against some other school, and he was filling in, and he leaned into me one day, and this is me just as a kid, and he leans in, and he's like, you're too tall for soccer. And so as, a, as an adult telling me this, yeah, well, yeah. Or, or a striker or something, yeah, that would be perfect. Anything, and yeah. I was totally defeated and I gave up on soccer after I'm like, oh, I shouldn't do this anymore. And looking back, I'm like, smack, like great advice to give a kid. You yeah, totally yeah, just yeah, t- yeah. took away any of his excitement. Luckily, I had another teacher that encouraged me with basketball. We also did karate, a huge benefit being tall in karate because mm-hmm. I could stand 10 feet away from someone reach. and still reach him. Yeah. You're like, what's, yeah, what's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the character's name in Street Fighter? Yeah. Oh, Don't see me. Don't see me. Yeah, exactly. You're on fire. Yeah, that's a good stuff. So, and I actually looked like Dulcim too because that's how skinny I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted to be a stuntman when I was like really, really young, probably like seven, eight. So, me and my cousins in the Caribbean, we'd set up obstacle courses and do running, running dives and rolls and like, cause we, our house was on the beach. Yeah. So we just had like padding the sand, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd do all these things and set up like bars on sticks oh and gosh. like jump over them, roll and I'll do all these crazy things. So How we, did you when, get onto that though? Yeah. Like, I never, you- well, so Trinidad's a interesting, has an interesting dynamic. So. Um, they have a large population of East Indian people mm-hmm. that came over as indentured servants uh, after the abolition of slavery in, in Trinidad. So like 40% of the population is East Indian. So we actually have a lot of Bollywood movies. Mm. And every Sunday there'd be these Bollywood like big singing, dancing scenes and crazy action. So we'd watch these things every Sunday and be like, oh my God, we got to be action stars. Um, and that's how the obstacle course came. So when I've watched some Bollywood films, though, like their action sequences yeah. are so over the top, like Way crazy over, over the, the top. top. And then right when the villain and the hero are about to get into the final fight, then it breaks into a dance and everyone's friends, and yeah. it's all this fun dance. So did that also make you want to dance? Uh, I, it did. I mean, but that's dancing is like just part of the culture. Yeah. We have carnival and all that yeah. stuff. Um, 
you're probably familiar with um, Carabana mm-hmm. in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So same thing. We're ours is carnival. Yeah. Um, so dancing is like all around you all the time. Yeah. I grew up just with all that. It's and, and so. Do you think you have moves? I could grind and all that kind of stuff. I don't have moves. I don't need I don't you to show have... me the grind. I, you, <laughs> don't need to, you don't need to show me that. But, uh... Not on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I have moves like that. I could hold my own, you know what I mean? I'm not going to choreograph. So that's not how you seductively pull someone in, is with your, your, your dance You moves. don't know how powerful the grind is, man. <laughs> you know, you the can't. grind don't, sounds very powerful. You can't just like discount the grind and say... <laughs> don't discount the grind. Don't, don't discount well, the grind. Life lesson. Let me, <laughs> life hack number one. Don't dishack the grind. Let me point out, you're still single. I guess the know? I guess the grind's not. Know? Oh wait! Are, oh wait! Is there something we don't know here? Things I can't. I I don't I don't I don't discuss that. That's one part of my life I don't really get into, which yeah. is like romantically because I feel anything that you treasure, I treat it like a baby. Yeah. And I don't expose my baby to the world until it's ready. All right. So I don't say if I'm in a relationship, if I'm not in a relationship, I keep that side of my life for. Just like myself, yeah. Really good advice I got from a good friend of mine, Edgar Ramirez, was just like, choose what you're going to share with the world and share it like very just uh, unselfishly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then treat the other parts that you keep for yourself for your creative person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you need to have something. If you give it all away, it'll it'll go. No, you that's know what? such that's great, great advice, advice, especially in the age of social media, you know, like being an influential role model, yeah. how much do you yeah. share and how much do you keep to yourself? Because if you don't have anything for yourself, like, are you just, do you just belong to the world, you know? Exactly. Like, and there, it's a very thin line. It's, a, it's an interesting, weird social contract, right? Which is, you know... You are buying all the things I'm selling and the things that I'm putting out there, and you're consuming my thoughts and a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But how, does it mean that you own me? Does it mean that I have to give you all mm-hmm. of me? And no. it's you know what I mean like it's it's a there's a transactional nature, but it's not ownership. Yeah, and yeah. it's and understanding that. Yeah, and you know it's, it's funny. I we've had every now and then on social media, like 99% of our fans are amazing and, and we love them. But there are trolls out there. There are people who like to get negative from time to time. And the the tough thing when somebody's trying to get negative out there, there's nothing you could say that will make them happy. They just want to be negative for whatever reason. And sometimes. You know, I'll make a statement about my opinion on something, uh, whether, you know, like environmental is a big thing. And, and so we are huge activists for the planet and trying to do what's best for us as humans and the planet. Yeah. But then somebody will be out there and be like, you're just a TV host, um, so keep your opinions to yourself. I'm like, wait, does that mean you're I'm, not, not I'm no longer a human? I'm no right. longer allowed to have my own opinions on something? Right. That I and don't so, vote on things? Yeah. That, yeah exactly, well, that's exactly. another thing. A lot of times, you know, your opinion um, for voting and whatnot, a lot of people will be like, oh, you're, you're a TV person. Or, the, or somebody in the U.S. will say, you're Canadian, so you have no... Well, I'm a U.S. citizen, just yes. like you. Yes. And so, you know, we have yes. our opinions. But yeah. that's why, you know, it's, it's not just because we're on TV or we're public figures. Uh, I mean, you're, you've been in one of the biggest movies of the past year, Us, and you're in one of the biggest franchises mm-hmm. um, on the planet, that doesn't mean you're selling out on being able to be a human and have an opinion. Of course, yeah. of course, of course. And, and especially those two projects that you've mentioned, they are as strong and impactful because mm-hmm. 
yeah. their awareness of opinion and impact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and social justice. Yeah. Those two in particular, us, Black Panther, are are two pieces that are children of of social justice thought. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? And and they wouldn't be what they are without it. So no. Yeah, they wouldn't resonate with the world if our minds weren't already on that track. Yeah. Completely. And also I I feel the world wouldn't be the same if you weren't able to share your grind. <laughs> so that's also very impactful for everyone. Oh, the future will be affected by my grind, I'm sure. You're changing yes. the future. Yes. I'm changing the future. <laughs> oh yeah. One grind at a time. <laughs> this, is, this is what we'll take away this, That's from the slogan the for this. I'm, gonna, I'm using that in the description. I'm going to say, Winston Duke, one grind at a no, time. No, no, you got to start your daily grind. Like, you know how you have your, actually, your motivational quotes? I love that. Quotes? Daily grind. I like Do that. It. I, I, I like love that. the quotes daily that you grind. share. That could yeah. have many yeah. different meanings. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah, I love that your mom's in the room and we're saying this. Hey, man. Um, so what were you saying about the quotes? Oh, I'm just saying I love, I love the quotes that you share. Now you will yeah. have your weekly or your daily grinds. Yeah, daily um, grinds, champions adjust. Which, what else do we, what do we have? Keep something for yourself. Yeah, um, yeah, you're a man of wisdom and you're also a man of shoes. Yeah, so shoes. I love hear clothes. you are obsessed with yeah. shoes. Uh, healthy obsession. Okay. I think you're a loud couple, right? Yep. Yeah. So what's a couple? Um, couple. Oh man, I, I right now I'm big into to sneakers. Um, just got a bunch of the Nike Sakai collaborations. You've seen those. Nice. I'm collecting just a lot of different things. Um, but I just did. We did complex shoe shopping last spring, yeah. and I got the off white collabs mm-hmm. that they did with okay. Nike. Yeah. So I did got like two or three of those, and the off white collabs with um, Converse. I, I'm all over. If I just see something I love, it doesn't matter what the brand is. I just I I'll grab it. That's the inlet because I, I kind of converted um, one of my last castmates. So I just did a movie called Nine Days, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna premiere at Sundance Film Festival. And one of my castmates, I. Turned her into a little bit of a shoehead because she never knew anything about sneakers. And I got her um, some Air Jordan 1s, but they were like customized. Green is this reoccurring motif in our film. Yeah. So I got these custom green and pink oh, wow. uh, Air Jordan 1s for her as a wrap gift. Oh, that's And sweet. now all the, I told her all about the shoe. I told her, you know, no one's gonna have this. Um, and now everywhere she goes, Everyone comments about her shoes, and now she's like searching all these new sneakers and runs them by me and yeah. all this stuff all the time. It's such See, a cool world. Yeah. And, and, uh, she's starting to line up for shoes. No, you know? this is like, <laughs> I won't get to that point. I'll be like, hey, Linda, you want to go line up for that shoe over there? Um, the um, I, I love that it's artistic. Like, mm-hmm. actually, Linda and I were just at a, we were watching Raptors and Jazz play um, not too long ago, and. The thing that kept catching our attention the most were the amazing shoes on them because it, it's the like shoes. art on yeah, your feet. Yeah, man. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I love it. But do you collect and not wear them, or will you wear them? I wear them. Yeah, I can't not wear them. Exactly. I, I gotta. I have to put my shoes on. Yeah. Like I, we don't love yeah. things that are so precious that it can't be used and can't enjoyed. Be like yeah. I think that adds to the history of the object. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's the story of like where you go in your shoes. It was used you know? by you. Yeah. Do you remember the original Air Jordans? Like way back, the, the originals. Yeah, yeah. I had a pair of those and I remember thinking at the time like these are going to be epic that everyone's going to want a pair of these as a vintage wow. shoe. And so I kept them even after I stopped using them. I kept them for years. And then one day, I don't know if it was my mom or somebody 
wiped out a whole bunch of my garage old stuff sale. and just don't no. donate it. Yeah, just don't. I think I had left them at my parents' place and she garage sale or something like that. And I was like, no, oh, it's I like uh, for Star Wars, we had as kids, we had the original uh, Millennial Falcon. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had the um, a whole bunch of the different original mm-hmm. um, pieces. And we were collecting them. They were in the box still. And my dad was just like, why? Did they, they, they never use these, so I guess they don't want these. It's because we were keeping them in their original state. And he gave it all away. And it's the pieces now that were thousands of dollars. So, Oh, my God. I do like some of those collectors. There's but a happy did you Did you do any other toys? I did... Um Stretch Armstrong. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember, that. Stretch, I remember that one. Yeah. I had yeah. that one forever, and I think because I, I kept a lot of my toys, and yeah. that's I think that also led me into acting because I played with toys until like probably fourteen. Until last week. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, I do it too. <laughs> ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. came over from Trinidad and you, you got into acting and, and how did you get to where you are now where you are um, on Black Panther and where you're on us and now you're producing nine days, you're producing your own films and starring in your own films? Long journey, uh, but you know, all just started with, well, not really realizing that life was kind of preparing me for this the whole time. Mm-hmm. So just being born in Trinidad and Tobago, which is a very uh, story-oriented culture. Right, so everything turns into a, a a three-part epic in Trinidad and Tobago. Right, just going to the store turns into you know I saw a man. <laughs> this man had one eye, eh? and this man asked me for money. I'm like, okay, were you at the store or going? To-? I was at this store. So was this guy working in the store? Yeah, I think he was working. So it was it was working at the store. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he asking me for money. It was the, uh, so a guy asking you at the store, working working at the store, asking you for money. Was it a cashier? Yes, but he was asking me for money, right? <laughs> Man asking me for I'm so money. Confused. I gave him ten dollars, and you know he gave me back uh, four dollars. Big story, yeah. right? Do you understand what I mean? Like everything is a big epic. So basically, this, you went and got your milk. You paid for it. It was four bucks, and that's that, it. And then, yeah. and then that is that is the regular that is a regular daily occurrence. You know what I mean? So coming from that culture, didn't realize and and all and all this folklore. I had an old man who lived up the street uh, from us that we we owned a restaurant, so we were always like this place where people gathered. Yeah, and. This guy remembered Tobago when there were no street lights and things like that. And everything was filled with pretty much magic. They thought everything was a spirit. Because six, seven o'clock, it's pitch black. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they'd say fairies lived under the bridge and played in the, 
in the in the river below. Uh, there were mermaids that would come in, and people saw mermaids all the time. This, that, this, that. So I grew up with all these folklore stories, and never knew that it was priming me for storytelling and drama. Got here, uh, trying to figure out. American culture became pretty reclusive and started watching a lot of TV and like just attracted to interesting stories. When I got to high school, um, to kind of come out of my shell, my Spanish teacher signed me up, just no consent, but that's a different story. Um, signed me up just on her own for the school's theater like uh, production, yeah. and I did my first like overnight theater production thing, and I never looked back. And then I majored in uh, theater in in college. Yeah, uh, went on to got a master's in fine arts, and pretty quickly after getting out, I was doing a lot of theater uh, up and down the East Coast. What were you hoping to do more theater, or were you actually hoping to do TV and film? I wanted to work. Yeah. Just wanted to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wanted work, to yeah. work and be an actor for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, after you know doing theater, which theater actors are amazing. Oh, it's yeah. where you learn, in my opinion, a lot of the just grassroots, just how to do everything. Yeah. Theater presence, projection, really great uh, text analysis, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't pay. Yeah. So theater actors are doing it for the love of it, and they are incredible. Uh, I went and I did a show for three months, and I came home with four thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, and I said this isn't going to work. So I knew I had to start. I was like, I have to dedicate myself to TV and film. Yeah. Got my way in there. First thing, like many actors in New York, I did Law and Order. Oh. I went awesome. through that, you know, <laughs> clink, clink, you know, yeah. <laughs> that thing. Where were you? He was here. I don't know. <laughs> clink, clink. Uh, were you good? Were you good or bad? I was good. I was okay. a good guy. I was the special victim. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, I was a spe- I was the special victim. And what's really wonderful about that show as well is that they pick things right out of the news headline. I mm-hmm. noticed that. Yeah. Right. So that in itself ends up being social justice. Right. Yeah. They are bringing light to something that might have just been in the news cycle for four days, right. you know? Um, this was the hazing of athletes. So mm-hmm. I played a, a, a high school footballer who was trying to get into a college program and he was hazed and, and uh, essentially raped by uh, the college team, uh, Cedric Jones. And got my first TV break, did more and more things, um, moved to Los Angeles, was hustling, struggling, you know, uh, bussing tables at a restaurant, wrapping gifts here in Hollywood. A lot of odd jobs, just trying to make it, but keep my days open for audition. Mm -hmm. And went in for Black Panther over the course of three months. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't think I had it, didn't know what they wanted, and eventually got it. But I always knew... Um, I always knew my talent, always knew my taste and my eye. I always had confidence in those things. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I took Black Panther because that was what I had and that was the only choice, you know what I mean? And, and thank God it was a great thing. Yeah. But now that I'm in a position where I choose my own projects, I get this and I say no to a lot of things. Yeah. No to a lot of things that don't represent me well and wouldn't represent me and have the impact in the world that I, I don't feel comfortable with. And I've always, you know, taken the opportunity to take uh, 
as much control over my career as I could, even when I didn't have access to a lot of mm-hmm. different jobs, I would still say no. Mm-hmm. If it was gang member number two with no lines and no opinion, you know what I mean, on why and what is going on. Mm. Yeah. I just, I said, no, I don't want to go in for it. Uh, if it was something that didn't depict women, didn't depict black women, didn't depict women of color in a healthy way, I was like, I, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I stepped away from a lot of those um, roles on just like day players, guest stars yeah. on TV. I made sure that I understood the power that no had really early in my career when I didn't have a lot of access. So now I'm a lot more comfortable saying no, yeah. which is something we all have the power to do and should also be respected. And you know, it, it's actually pretty cool that you had that confidence in yourself early on, even before you had the um, opportunity on Black Panther, um, where it gives you more um, uh, ease with saying no, because even myself as an actor, I think about them, I'm working hard to get an agent or somebody to represent me, but then you know that they want to put you out for stuff so you can book something and prove yourself. And then I would get some roles and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like what, should I really go out for this? It's not, it's a, it's a nothing role. I don't even have a line. It's not and even I a, a good eat. character. But you want to <laughs> eat, exactly. Build, yeah. I, I had no money and I wanted mm. to be able to, to survive. And I, I remember one time, oh my gosh, this is when I was a lot younger. This one agent that I had, literally they would just put me out for anything. Anything. Jonathan and I both, they would put us out for anything. And so we thought at one point, we're like, okay, we'll just go out and do some of these auditions, commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. And showed up at this one audition, and in the room, it was all like um, 10, 11 year old girls in the room. Mm. And um, I'm like, oh, there must be another casting session at the same time. And so I end up going in for, uh, to let them know I'm here for the audition, and they say, oh, there must be some sort of mistake. My agent had booked me for a role that was for a young, non Caucasian girl of 10 to 13 years old. But they thought you were such a great actor. They didn't actor. even read it. They no, they were just finally through. So it was a room of like 50 God, young girls and, and me, and I'm like, really? Wow. This is, and that was actually one of those moments where I, th- I thought to myself, you know what, no more of that. I don't want an agent who's just gonna throw me out there. The, the, the casting directors, they're just gonna accept whatever's there to just get a whole herd of people in the room to, to audition. And so I was trying to be more picky and I got a new agent. But then again, I had to prove myself. So well, kudos to you. It's for, really good that you bring that up as well. And that's another that's another part of the agency that young actors need to know they have, which is the power to pick who represents you. Yeah. Um, you do have the power to pick. You can leave someone if they don't represent you well. You can find other people. And there's a lot of people. And you should, people who are working with you, because that's what agents, managers, all these other collaborative uh, fields in the industry, they're working with you. You don't work for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're working with you, if not for you. So um, after Black Panther, uh, was Us your next big Us was my next big opportunity after saying no to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I also know the politics around my body. I know the politics around being a tall uh, black man of size, if not to just say a big black man in America and the world. And I knew I wanted to work against the stereotypes with it and associated with it. I knew I wanted to work against the stereotypes and narratives that are just placed on black men. Mm. And immediately I was like, 
I don't want right now to jump into another role where I play a warrior or a guy that has to show his how capable he is Mm. through physicality. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I know how to do that. I do it every day. Mm -hmm. I can do that. And I think it's important, one, for the industry to see that I can do something else. And two, it's important for men, especially black men, to see, you know, another side of the spectrum of masculinity. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I have these conversations a lot about proper representation of masculinity, Mm -hmm. you know, non-toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Um, I work as well with the UN, with uh, the He for She initiative. I knew right away after Black Panther that's what I wanted to do. So after I said no to a lot of different things, Us came along and it centered a powerful woman, you Mm -hmm. know, played by Lupita Mm Nyong'o. And I played her husband, uh, Gabe Wilson. And, you know, I play this man who loves his family, would do anything and everything for his family. isn't some sort of karate specialist, isn't some martial arts. Uh, which, was, which was nice, actually. I mean, you even right. seeing some of those scenes there where, you know, at that one point, you know, you were posturing, but when you came out to say, who's out there, you don't yeah. want to mess with me. But then you could see the insecurities of a father who's not some fighter or anything like that. Which you is just most want to protect your family. Us, yeah. Right? Most yeah. of us yeah. don't know some sort of like self defense routine or yeah. something like that. We just have to show up and protect the yeah. people we love. Exactly. And that is it. And what is it like to show a man like that unapologetically and for him to be a dad making dad jokes, a dad who makes dad jokes, who has to fight off people who look like him and be effective um, and learn what it means to be a man from women and people who don't occupy the space of power the way he thought he did. Mm. It doesn't matter what the person fighting alongside you looks like as long as they could hold a bat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I do like, and, I like, I like that your character wasn't just, it, he was saving the day. It wasn't just he was saving the day, you're right. It was working alongside. And, working alongside yeah. and trusting the, the expertise or whatever gifts or ability of the, his daughter around mm. him and listening to her and understanding her, her needs, listening to his wife in a different way for the first time ever yeah. um, and seeing her in a new light, yeah. you know? Um, trusting that his son's going to be okay and that he just needs to be there, be there, be present yeah. and assist. Well, it, and it I thought it was a strong narrative. Yeah, there's so many layers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so many layers and so many powerful characteristics that are expressed in, like you said, in trust, in listening, in you know, taking the time to just be there to, to understand a person instead of just, you know, saying, I know who you are. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I, I love that the film was like gripping, but also like quiet in a way, because it, it, took, it took time to understand these characters. And I think that's well, what we have to do also in though, real life. Oh, def- definitely. But also a script like that, like as an actor, you must have, when that came across your, your desk there, you, you must have loved the idea of something, because it's a very unique script and you get to play two different characters within. Yes. So that's pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. I was attracted to it as well for the humor. Yeah. So it was an opportunity for me to lean into my funny side. Um, I did a lot of... So going into grad school, because I came... When I, when I majored in theater in undergrad, I did a lot of dramatic work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not... I don't know if I'm funny. 
and I was doing Chekhov, right? Which is <laughs> very like, funny, hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> um, and we were just like, I need, I think I need to focus. So when I went into grad school, you know, in my interviews, I said what I also want to do is focus on like comedy and my com- comedic timing, because I, I just, I think I'm funny in real life, but. I don't know how to execute. I don't know if I know how to execute humor. So I ended up doing a lot of comedy and comedic roles in, in, in my master's program. And then came out of school to just be getting bleeding heart yeah. athletes and drama. But you know what yeah. it is? It's your hit, right? Yeah. Like, or at least that's what we called it in our acting school is people, however, some, somebody who doesn't know you, how they look at you, yeah. that's what you're going to be cast for always. Right. And so uh, to get to a point in your career where you can actually pick and choose the roles to play what you're passionate about or to, to, to challenge yourself, that's yeah. pretty awesome. It was, it, was, it was great. It was great. And then working with Jordan Peele was just fantastic in that way, too, because he's coming out of a world of comedy. Well, he, um, yeah, he doesn't really know comedy. I mean, he's... Uh, <laughs> novice. He, novice. He's novice. one of the funniest guys yeah. I've, I've ever seen, and so yeah. that would be a cool experience. Yeah, so working like just collaboratively with him on all that was just great. Like, and we'd improv a lot of stuff and he'd just throw something at me and I'd be like, oh, yeah. cool, that's Champions Adjust. On us? You know? On yeah, us, Champions yeah. Adjust. Champions Adjust. He's like, uh, you know, play up the, the masculinity a little bit more in that role with coming outside. I'm like, I got it. I know yeah. a little bit. And I'm like, you want me to crip walk? And he's like, too much. Come back. Come, yeah, that's a bit too much, yeah. Now, now how was, how was uh, with uh, working with Lapita? Because you guys, yeah. seeing on social media and some of your posts, yeah. you look like you guys have known each other your whole lives. Like, you look yeah. like you just clicked, like, best of friends. Yeah, we knew each other for a, a long time. And she was in the, the program while I was at the program. She was oh, just wow. one year ahead of me. And it's funny, she, she gave me my tour around the campus when oh, I was interviewing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she was doing her work study. You know, nice. academia days, work study, being poor kids, um, and yeah. So we we went back, and all the students of color have a club called Folks. So um, we would gather every couple times a year just to like have dinners, and the school funded the program so we can go see like. Uh, you know, plays um, written and things like that by other people of color, like August Wilson plays, things Mm. like that in New York, or go see uh, a predominantly person of color cast movie Mm. that came out, you know, things like that. So we'd always get together probably three, four times a year, and we're all in that club, and we'd get to know each other that way. Oh, so that that makes more sense, too, because you could see the chemistry when you guys were working together, um, and Lupita's such an amazing actress as well. And then so from us moving forward, you're now getting more into producing, you're creating more of your own opportunities right, right, for, right, for right, projects. Right. And now you have your first big feature of your own, yeah. um, Nine Days, Nine that's going to be in Sundance. Yes. That has got to be, like, do you, do you pinch yourself? Uh, to see how far you've come yeah. from from an immigrant from Trinidad, yes. not knowing where you're going to be, and now you're dominating in your passion, film and TV. Yeah, uh, I had an interview recently, and I was recently uh, GQ Australia's Man of the Year, so that was fun. That was fun. So the grind does work. The yeah. grind works so well. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, and I, I only bring that up not to gloat, but to reference a statement that turned into a question in the interview, which was, you know, you've been a part of movies that changed and impacted culture. Did you know that you have impacted 
and have been a part of films that have impacted film history. You know, being a part of us and Jordan Peele's like Empire, everything, the Avengers, top grossing films in, in film history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, did you know that? And it, you know, I, I, I teared up because I, I realized that like coming from my family, my ancestors who, you know, were brought to places that weren't their home, mm-hmm. stripped of everything, and to be one of the only people in my family that finished high school, college, you know, and I'm at this place in my life. It, 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 I'm my ancestors' wildest dreams. I'm my direct family that I'm in contact with. I'm their wildest dream. I'm people from my community, which is why I always have to shout out Trinidad and Tobago. I'm their wildest dream, and I'm also access to show that it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing for so many people. Anyone who has felt like they're in a situation that puts them at a disadvantage or anybody who feels they're the underdog, you are a prime example of how you can do it. If you, you set your mind it, to right. what you want to do, yeah. follow your passion, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, and, and, and it, it means a lot. And I understand, I actually understand how my image and what it means to so many people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, my mother is saying Mark Wahlberg from the corner because Mark Wahlberg has a lot of really great Trinidad and Tobagoian connections and really? love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so a couple of the guys who work for him are from Trinidad and he's been to Trinidad. And like, it's really interesting how the world is just so connected. Yes. Oh, yes. oh so I was going to ask you. So Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. His career has been an amazing, amazing, amazing yes. path as well. So knowing that he has such a love for Trinidad, I'm sure he's loved you and everything that you've done as an actor. Are you guys going to work together soon? Mark Wahlberg and I just did a movie for Netflix called Wonderland, and oh. that's going to come out uh, in the first quarter of 2020. That's amazing. So it's fantastic. We've, it, it's, it's done by Mark Wahlberg and Peter Berg. I'm sure you're What's familiar. What's that about? It's the new twin Movie, right? So you play Arnold Schwarzenegger. I play Schwarzenegger. He plays yes. Danny DeVito. Yeah. No, what's Funny that? enough, it's a remake. It is a famous remake. Okay. So um, it's a remake of a classic TV show called Spencer for Hire. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, so it takes place in Boston. It's about um, private detectives. And it's an updated new age spin on Spencer for Hire. I play Hawk and he plays Spencer. Very cool. Mark you know, yeah. Mark Wahlberg is somebody who, if he likes you, yeah. he will, from what I hear, yeah. if he likes you, he's someone who will do everything he can to help you continue to launch your career and yes. push your career yes. and move you into areas that you haven't before. So, yes. you know, you have impact, and the people from where you're from have so much more impact than you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it all connects us, which is why all our issues, like you said earlier, all our issues are our issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can speak about them. I can speak, and I yeah. should be, you know, championing, you know, uh, equity and equality for women. Because if a woman is disenfranchised, I'm disenfranchised. One hundred percent. I'm coming yeah. into contact. I'm dealing with women on a daily basis. Yeah. Women affect my life. Women are, you know, are gonna have my children one day. Mm-hmm. Women are going life. to teach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, women gave me life. Women are leading the companies that I work for. Women, you know what I mean? Women yeah. are everywhere. Yeah, it's never an 
our issue or their issue. Like, yes. We have to see it as we all world. have a voice to speak to, you know, whatever we best can. Well, what's the point of doing what you do? All this, you know, all the success, the celebrity that you've grown, what's the point of all that if you can't use that voice to put back on concerns or issues that you're passionate about, um, equality for women? Um, it's the same with us, everything that we do. Our, you know, we have this global presence as well with our brand and that just means that we have more people we can affect in a positive yes. way globally to let them understand how we think acceptance, equality, um, everybody deserves to live their ultimate life. And I think that's what's so important about our platforms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have the opportunity to touch and reach people and we can just be entertainers, right? We, yeah. can, we can just be entertainers or we can do something more. We can change people's lives. We can give voice to things that are rendered invisible mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. I just did a post about the, the period movement on, on my Instagram and so many people, so many guys never knew anything about a period tax, that they're taxing tampons and women's products. Necessities. Yeah, yeah, necessities. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are basic life necessities that mm -hmm. women need. Yeah. You know, they, they put extra taxes on pink just tax. pink yeah. taxes mm -hmm. on, on, yeah. on, on anything that's pink at, at yeah. your local pharmacy. And we don't know about this. We don't know that we need to vote against these things. We mm -hmm. need to dismantle these things. And it's not empowering women because we have the power to give to them. It's, it's using your agency and power to do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? To not give power, but dismantle toxicity, mm -hmm. you know, in and your culture. And just to open other people's eyes to it because, yes. you know, it's because other men don't see it. It's it's not through a fault of your own. It's it's the machine of marketing. It's, you know. It's the machine of marketing yeah. and sexism in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Men are more willing to listen to other men because we listen live in a sexist culture. And I, so I think they use it. Yeah, and, and there are so many people other. out there too that yeah. they don't realize that they're being prejudiced in some way it, At they, all. because they, they've just never been exposed. And especially we've traveled, traveled a fair bit globally. And I think as soon as you try to attack somebody, um, you know, Telling somebody like it, it's yeah. wrong what you're doing to women. Well, right away they're going to get their defenses up. But Completely. if you try to connect with them and let them know on a a pure level what could be a better situation for all of us, I think that's what will start to change this planet. Yeah. So when you when you came over, because you talking about how you know all of our cultures influence each other, mm -hmm. I think in North America it's especially special that mm -hmm. we have the ability to mix cultures. Mm -hmm. When you first moved here and you were trying to fit in, how did, you, like, how did you find that experience and how did you try to keep parts of your own culture so that you know, you're not just assimilating, you're, well, you're bringing that to your new home? As a kid, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you know, I think when you first come here, a lot of the melting pot culture seeps in. You're like, you know, I gotta throw this stuff. I gotta throw away to some degree where I come from, right? And for me, that did occur, like being embarrassed of my food, you know, and taking like lunch to school. And we have- I had that too, I would Right? Say. But you, <laughs> you have the best food. We gonna... do, but as a kid, you're like, oh man, I want a peanut butter jelly sandwich because yeah. all the other kids yeah. have peanut butter jelly sandwich. And I'm bringing, you know, bacalao and, and salt cod. What is cod. that? It's salted cod. Um, <laughs> so you, your kid, your life kid stank. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. But it was delicious, you know what I mean? And, you know, you're trying to, 
fit in in so many different ways. You're trying to change your accent because that sounds weird and you want to sound like Biggie because that's who was big at the time. Yeah. You want to sound like uh, the pop stars on TRL because that's what was big at the time. You know what I mean? Those were the benchmarks of my youth when I first came to this country. But also when I was a kid, Biggie was massive and yeah. I wanted to, you know, he had swagger and he had style. I wanted to sound like him and stuff too. Like I knew every lyric, exactly. every word. and. I literally, as a kid, I can remember I would try and put on this voice so I could be like Biggie. <laughs> that was, see, that's kind that of swaggy. I mean, that, you know? was, that was a mix that's of Biggie crazy. and... Uh, uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. Maybe, Linda, I can talk like this and from now on for the you. dude from Harry Potter. All, all of the Harry. <laughs> Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Yeah, Potter. one would make me cooler than the other. Yeah. But, uh, but no, when you, I also heard, yeah. and, and clarify this for me, but when you first moved here, yeah. you wanted to live the American dream and the American life like you saw in Fresh Prince. Yeah, Fresh Prince and a lot of those um, like sitcoms. Yeah. yeah, and but. so is that also, Carlton has also inspired you for your dancing. Nah, Carlton didn't. I think Carlton Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince actually, he he was the dude. I did I did have swag as a kid. I did <laughs> want swag. I thought I probably had more swag than I did have. But uh, well, Will Smith has swag. He it? had all the swag. But I would say Carlton was a big deal in Trinidad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love him. Will Smith comes to Trinidad a lot. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. yeah, he has a lot of uh, friends and connections uh, in, in Trinidad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of his parents is from Trinidad. Oh, wow. Well, he's someone who's very active via social media and... So, uh, and Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah, exactly. And I actually, I'm like, I don't know how you're, you're as busy as you are with every film you do and what you produce, and yet you still are so active on social media. But I think he's also someone who likes to bring a voice. Found to an outlet. It's, a, it's yeah. an outlet. It's a way to show people, you know, sometimes the things that you keep private, which is as a celebrity, uh, it's hard to navigate what, sometimes what to share and what not to share. Yeah. yeah. Right. So well, I think he's at a place now. And I don't know him personally, so I can't speak, you know, right. intimately about his inner thoughts. But it's probably an opportunity to show some things that he never really got a chance to before. Yeah. But cultivating I, I, an image. Yeah. I also don't know him personally, but I, you know, I do have the ability to speak for his thoughts, and um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure um, I could beat him on one-on-one uh, basketball ping pong? Oh. and ping pong. And ping pong. I have no, no idea if he plays ping, ping pong, pong, dude. But I've heard he's a big baller. Like he yeah. plays basketball, and I, this is right now. I'm using this platform to to challenge him. You can be on my team. Go for it. I got you. You have the height to help I me. I got you. I got you. I've been working on this. <laughs> you hold him down, and I'll dunk over him. <laughs> That's how. Why do I have to hold him down? <laughs> because. <laughs> Gonna use me like pass me the ball. That, that is his. I thought we had like tag no. games. It was like, no, nah, just hold no, him down. I'm, I'm ball hogging. And I'm gonna dunk. You hold him down. That's messed yeah. up, man. I'll give you the ball once, but then bring it back and I dunk <laughs> him. Um, what is uh, just to wrap things up because um, this has actually been a lot of fun and yeah, a lot of we're learning course, about you too. Course, but um, what is something that you are extremely passionate about? Uh, pursuing in the coming years that is not to do with your acting and producing career, something completely different that uh, would be a really fun project to hand, take on? Ah, uh, man, I feel so, because I feel like once you put it out there, I, I, I tend to keep my dreams and things like that secret because I'm, I, I, I think, again, you got to 
treat them like babies. You have to treat your things that you value like babies and don't put them out there. But I'm into music. Uh, I think uh, I would love to pursue some avenue of, of music, and I'm not going to say where. That's I can a, help that's you. a big thing. I can help you with this. Yeah? I play the bagpipes. I would love bagpipes. We, sh- we should. <laughs> Do you mind? And steel drums? Well, you know. Bagpipes, bagpipes and steel, and steel drums. Is I think a smart move for both of us would to be put our current careers on hold and we will travel as a, a duo and you play the steel drums, I play the bagpipes, Lindy can sing, actually, so it's a trio. This is Are a you smart sure move. You want me this is a poor boy. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear this. You understand? No we'll one. make no money. I'll, we'll go to Scotland. <laughs> I have family out in Scotland. No money. They'll pay us in Guinness. Back. <laughs> we will be drunk. Great. Drunk and poor. Drunk and poor. But okay, that's maybe great. that's not the best career path. But <laughs> thank you so much for saying that. I want to play one, one game. I want to yeah. play one game Let's before we go. Okay. You give us clues to a conversation piece or something in your home that you. Cherish or just a conversation piece? Mm. Something that you Give love us in your house. Give to it and we, we try to guess what it is. So furniture or decor or something from anything. his travels, anything at all, yeah. and we have to guess what it is. Okay. Um, Toilet. It, <laughs> never. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you find it in the ocean. Coral. Damn. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I am so good at this. What? So explain, so That's something quick. you got from your travel? Yeah, <laughs> I collect coral from everywhere I go. Oh, yeah? So yeah, that's yeah, so cool. yeah. Can so, I just hold on? That's, it's outrageous. That's the, that's the sound of me high fiving myself. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's... I am so good. At, I can read you like wow. a book. Damn. I look. You know what? That's something I would. I would actually love to see you write a book one of these days. I think from your experiences, you, you would inspire a lot of people writing a book. That is. That's on the list. Good. That's good. on the list. I'm gonna write a book. And I want your mom to write a book too about how cool. She twins already are. Uh, participated in a book. She, her, uh, and eleven other women wrote oh, wow. a book on uh, female strength. Would you oh, like? Wow. What's the name of the book? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's all right, but we'll this, that's, that's cool. So you, you see, I, I see where you get a... Yes. Yes. So just, uh, but it was... Oh, yeah. really? But it was uh, number one in its genre, yeah. and it did well. So it was women from all over, and a lot of them were from Canada. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, so wow. my mother did write a book. Oh, Very nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's in the family. Yeah. Unbeatable spirit. That's Unbeatable it. spirits. Yes. Yeah, and it's Maybe. all like each woman has a chapter, and that's very cool. Oh, that's yeah. so beautiful. I, I love the diversity of what people will get from a book like that as yes. well. From yes. uh, stories from different countries and from yes. different um, backgrounds and and different race. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Well, lots of things in your future. Congrats on everything. Congrats on Sundance. That's phenomenal. Maybe I'll even come down there and check it out. <laughs> yes. Go. Thanks so much, buddy. My man. Thank you. I love digging deep with Winston. He's got so much to say, so many great stories, and also getting to know more about his family is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I just love talking to him about where he came from, hanging with his mom. And something that's really interesting, too, like Winston's a big guy, even at my height. I mean, he makes me feel small, but... 
as an actor too, when I used to audition, you get stereotyped. They put, they peg you as a certain look or a certain character. And so I really like seeing that he wants to play the opposite of that. He wants to show people that just because he's a big guy doesn't mean he can't be vulnerable. Like he wasn't us as well. He was just a dad. He wasn't some big tough guy. Well, not just a dad. True, not just a not dad. Not just a dad. But yeah, I do love how he uses his body in a way that's, you know, unexpected. Just because he's he's tall and big, it doesn't mean that you have to be physically strong. On top of the roles and everything that he plays, I just love how he said growing up, the way he was raised by his mom and, and all the women in his life, it makes him a champion for women's rights. Mm -hmm. and, and just a champion for equality in general. He doesn't segregate issues as our my issues are your issues, all issues belong to everybody. Yeah, exactly. I also love the point he made about the advice his professor gave him that champions adjust. But I think adjusting is a part of life, whether it's work or whether it's in relationships, even for us. You and me, two different people, but we've been together over nine years, and there are certain things that I have to adjust and I want to adjust because I love you, and I think adjusting the way that I've lived or things that I've done, it will be better with you if I make those adjustments. At work, with design, for example, if I have my focus stuck on one type of design for this house or one type of function, and I'm not willing to change that, I will never get a project done because you always run into roadblocks. And Winston had to do so much adjusting when he immigrated from Trinidad and Tobago to the U.S., and he talks about how he didn't really have to think about it, he just did it out of necessity. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. This is At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. Hit us up on Instagram, at At Home. You can also email us, feedback, at athomepodcast.net. Thank you to our producer, Brandon Angelino. Thank you to our researcher, Annalie Bell. And to our amazing assistant, Tori. And the music. Music by Chad Carlson and Victoria Shaw. Feels like home. Oh, no, and I don't remember my song. It was like, I'm back. I'm back. So is Betty. She's Betty back Burke with is feedback. Back. Well, thanks. <laughs> we're, we're lame. We're terrible. We'll work on our songs, but we will see you guys again oh, wait, next week. And thank you week. to you. Oh, and thank you to me, and thank you to you. Did you just thank yourself? No, I was just regurgitating what you said. <laughs> so thank you for another amazing week, a lot of fun, and putting a smile on my face. Love you. <laughs>professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. <laughs> da -da. Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.